are. We are on the ranch. And I'm so excited for tonight's show. I got a little scratch in my throat, so I'm making it through. But the stars aligned, and I really have lined up a really great show for tonight. So uh, I'm going to give people a few minutes. Oh, we have comments already. Look at that. We got Billy here. We got Angela. Happy Monday evening. Yes. And I work hard that Monday isn't a four-letter word. It's what you make of it. You know, if you let negative thoughts in, they take over. So a lot of things going well today, and I try to focus on all of that. Paul's here. Nancy, look at that. Hey, people's people. I'm glad you guys are tuning in early because we really got a great show. Um, as you guys know, a couple months ago, I was at ISA, the ISA Awards, International Singer Songwriters Awards, and I met some really great people. And I didn't get to talk to everybody, you know. Um, but one of the people I always wanted to talk to was Trenton Chandler. And again, over the weekend, things just kind of fell into place. And we're going to be talking to him in a couple seconds. But On the Ranch is a show that talks about the topic of what country music means kind of around the globe. I'm on, a, I'm on the hunt to bring you the best country music from around the world. Because when we think of country music, we kind of think of you know, Nashville, South, but there are great pockets of people passionate about country music. And it's a really broad topic today. Um, some people say that Fleetwood Mac on today's terms would be a country band. I don't know. Some people are going to agree with that. So without further ado, let's talk to Trenton. Woo! You do it. <laughs> yeah, we got some people watching already. We're on about uh seven platforms right now oh yeah yeah seven platforms man. that's pretty cool yeah seven platforms um and it's show is produced by blast music 24 yeah. 7. this actually came about at isa when troy saha the vice president you know saw the influence and power of country music and he approached me to start this show and i was like so happy to do it well, i think he's a pretty smart man I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, I posed this question kind of early on. Yeah. There's a cowboy. Now let's talk about that. Because country music it actually means different things to different people. Trent, why country music? You know, it's, uh, it's what I grew up with. Um, I grew up in a small town, Texas. And I grew up farming and ranching and uh, my dad listened to country music as we listened to so it's a little bit different than the kids now they have their own music and headphones or thing my dad you didn't touch his radio and he loved country music that's all we listened to so um that's kind of how it got started with me he always loved country music and big fan of bob wills and uh, of course being from texas we like those texas guys and um if we're from texas we like to go to dances you know that's uh the difference in like nashville or here people don't dance here like in texas people come to the bar for us to sing and play obviously but to dance also so it was kind of an adjustment to me, but yeah. Yeah, I noticed Nashville has undergone some changes too. And um, I was surprised I didn't see as much dancing, as much original music, at least on the strip. You have to kind of go outside the strip a little bit. But in Pennsylvania, years ago, we had Bill Daniels Rock Palace, which believe it or not, played country music. And they were two-stepping around this huge hall on the weekends. <laughs> Man, it's fun, you know. That's I think the uh, you know Texas got it going on, man. There's no other way to get that close to a woman you don't know that you might want to know. The, the two step, man, it's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you have songs you can two step to. Oh yeah, I think most of them. I think they're two steppable. <clears throat> Four on the floor is all you need. <laughs> I like songs that you tap along with and. Um... I like if you don't don't make your feet shuffle around, it ain't much you get for anything, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And one thing I noticed too is that when country artists write about their town, yeah. the towns always look a little different, but there's always common themes. What is the country town? What does your country town mean to you? Well, I grew up in Shallow, Texas. I mean, we're talking about uh, one red light whole town and uh you know, we had little things that we used, we used to drive around the strip. There's just, you know, little towns, that's what you do. You don't have anything to do, so you drive around. And as you get older, maybe you drink a little bit or whatever you're doing. Um, but, yeah, we used to 
go cruising every night, man. We just drive around and around and around and around. And um, so that's small town living to me. I, I don't know. We were, uh, it was pretty instant time. There wasn't any, any internet or anything back then. So shoot, we thought we were rich till we went to a big city. Like, oh, I think we're poor. Because <laughs> 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 we were just fine. We had everything we wanted, you know. So um, I love growing up in small town and uh, I enjoy being country, man. It's, uh, I love it. It's a great way of life, great way to raise your kids, I think. So for you, it's it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, I grew up with uh, horses and uh, cattle and uh, all that stuff, livestock, and um, grew up working with all that stuff and um, farming a little bit. And I uh, didn't want to do any of that. <laughs> There's Angela Marie. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Some people out there, how do you? It's cool. Uh, yeah, so um, grew up in small town, Texas. Um, and uh, that, that was just the way of life, you know. I've got a couple of songs about it. One of the songs I wrote is called "Those Friends of These Friends of Mine," and we haven't even released that song yet, but it's coming out. It just talks about small town living. And, uh, pretty simple times, man. Pretty simple. So you don't think there could be country in the city? <sighs> well, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Um, you know, the thing about music, it can be whatever you want it to be. And that's why the you know the the, the hip hop influence is what's going on with the radio right now. It's something I, I don't know. I kind of like some of that stuff, but most I like the old stuff really better than anything. But that's my generation, a different generation. See the, this younger generation they grew up with the headphones and they could listen to their own music instead of mom and dad's music, so they didn't really get exposed to the old stuff. I don't think. Um, like I said, mine was not a choice. <laughs> I got to, we were listening to country, and that was it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, my house. Like, there was a show. You ever see Hee Haw? Do what? There was a show called Hee Haw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah One of my dad's a- two favorite shows, Hee Haw and uh, Dukes of Hazzard. Those were two favorites. Right, right. But there was a there was a kind of rock country divide in my house. Yeah, I think Garth Brooks kind of broke that door down. Um, and he, he put, put the rock show, a little bit of rock and roll into country. And uh, we all loved it. And then, so I, I don't have a problem with that, with any of that. Um, you know, the music has to evolve. If you just uh, keep it in a box, it just it gets boring, you know. So um, even when I'm bringing some of my stuff, sounds more like outlaw stuff. Like the, some of the songs I've recorded and written here recently, I think if Waylon Jennings was alive, I think he would record a song like that, sing a song like that. And so uh, that's, that's kind of what I look for. I, but that's just the, the songs that have done best for me are the ones that I've written just really for myself, um, not thinking about charts or none of that stuff. Um, they're, they're the ones that have gone to number one for me, uh, you know, in, uh, Causes show and, and several different platforms. So I think you know, you, oh, the more the more I think about it, you know, you just be authentic, just be who you are. And um, shoot, we went number one to the pop charts with, I mean, just straight ahead country. So yeah, yeah. there's so much country. And um, I'm glad you said about, you know, Garth Brooks and some of the artists, uh, Blake Sheldon. You listen to it and you go, all right, there was a, a really screaming lead right there. How's that not rock? Yeah. You know, but you know, it's country. So we got some fans chiming in. We got Nancy. Billy's chiming in. Video here. Let me try to get back. Yeah. I got a phone call. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. Here I'm back. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know my phone was checked uh, in all of that. Right. Right. But we got a lot of people chiming in right now, and I'm putting some. Oh. <laughs> That's usually my mom when it happens in the middle of the show because she's got the worst timing. Like, <laughs> yeah, moms do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're back. Here. I'm gonna see if we can get them to quick call me. <laughs> All right. Well, we got Rocky chiming in. Hey, Rocky, what's up? Dolores loves her cowboys. <laughs> Here's Dolores. How you doing, Dolores? All right. Yeah, Bobby's chiming in. Wow, we got some of the best people in the whole world chiming in now. I know, I know. we got a crew tonight. They follow, they follow a crazy cowboy. <laughs> so, Bobby. Now, you call Texas home, but you've traveled around. You've around had some experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, absolutely love Texas. And um, I'm proud to be from there. Um, when I die, I'm going to go back there, I guess, you know. Um I love Texas. Well, being from Texas, I love the people, love the attitude, um, everything about it. Um, so I, I went to Nashville just because I, I write songs. I wrote written some pretty good songs, and I wanted to, to, to compete on the big chart. I could have stayed there in Texas and been on the Texas chart, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a fine living. 
Um, but I just always thought I could write songs that could be on a big chart, you know. So, um, so I went down to find out. I learned a lot. I spent almost ten years there. Um, did over like eleven hundred shows in those years, um, wow. which made as a performer, I just went from one place to another, a whole other place. And then as a songwriter, I was writing probably fifty songs a year back then. So um, yeah, it just every every part of Nashville helped me out. Nashville wasn't easy by any means. It's uh, you got the most talented kids from all over the world, not even just America, but from other countries that come there to try to make it. So um, if you're there and you stick around, and I was there for 10 years and had some of the best gigs around and played seven seven shows a week for a long time. And um, to be able to do that, I didn't get started until I was later, a little later. I, I did other things before I got back to music. I didn't really start singing until I was, uh, I guess, 36, 38 years old. And I'd never sang professionally. Um, I... Um, I just knew I had a nice voice just from being in choir and church and stuff like that. So um, I started so playing guitar. Just, you were just mostly a guitar player? You were most, I'm just going to clarify. You were mostly a guitar player? Yeah. I mean, I played pretty much anything, um, make a little sound out of it, but uh, guitar is my main instrument. Yeah. Okay. And what made you want to start singing? I always wanted to sing, I think. Um, I never thought I had, I never had the confidence to have it. When I was a kid, I was in a band. And I was writing songs even back then. But I always had a lead singer. I was a little bit too shy. When people see my show, don't think that I was ever shy in my whole life, but I was. And um, I was a little afraid to sing in front of people. And, uh, but um, I always wanted to sing, and I enjoyed singing. And um, so, yeah, when I started to, to um, do music just for a living, um, it was, you got to be the singer, too. You know, you got to do it all if you can. So um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, my voice is one of my favorite parts of my whole life right now. I love it. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it's a whole nother instrument that you get to to work with and add yeah, to your voice. Right. Your voice really is an instrument. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And I, you, everybody has like a unique instrument. You can't duplicate mine. You can have something sound sort of like it, but not exactly like it. And the same with all my heroes, all the singers that I like. I, you can't ever sound exactly like them, or at least I can't. Um, but their styles kind of mold together, things that you like, and then it becomes your style after a while. It's a little of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, things okay. that I love come out in my voice, that's for sure, with melodies. So let's talk about the first song we're going to listen to. We're going to watch the video for She Keeps Her Boots On. She Keeps Her Boots On. Well, let's see here. Um, now, when I moved to Nashville in 2012, 2012 um, I'd always wanted to go to Nashville, and it was kind of a scary thing for me, as it would be for anybody. And um, so I'd written this song called Do You Write? And I thought that, well, that could be a hit song. So that was a song I was kind of promoting then. And uh, I did a Kickstarter program just to record that song, go to Nashville, record it. My intention was to come right back to Texas and then try to promote it. Um, so I went to Nashville with that, <laughs> with very little money. My truck lost reverse gear on the way down. Um, and I just took that as a sign for the universe not to turn around. And when I got to Nashville, it was... Um, it was all I ever thought of. I was like a bright-eyed kid. I, I loved the honky-tonks. Um, I wanted to be on those stages. I wanted to, uh, I just enjoyed the whole scene. And so um, I didn't, I didn't leave. I just stayed there. I, I did record that that song. And then I started um, writing other songs. This was the very first song I wrote in Nashville that I thought was worthy of recording. It was the first, this well, through the second song that I recorded in Nashville. And I'm still proud of it. I still think it's a great song. I still, still think, uh, Somebody will take it up there on the chart some one of these days. But I uh, always like the, the kind of humor of it. It's got a little humor to it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good song. I like it. All right. We're going to listen to it. And then I want to talk about Nashville recording. It has a different style than a lot of other places. Nashville definitely does, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so we'll talk about that when we come back. But we're going to listen to She Keeps Her Boots On. All right. share of downtown dives and honky-tonks and i'm out every night seeing girls from all around the world you got your new york city type sipping on red wine all in a hurry never seem to have the time but honey that's all right I want a girl who keeps her boots on, come on, country as a country song, dancing on the bar, shooting shots of patrol before long, you'll be riding shotgun, come on, come on. 
on that song Dolores, rocky nancy billy can't stop dancing bobby that's yeah, it's a good song man that was that was the first one that uh that i recorded after that i wrote and recorded in nashville it was the very first one and to me that's you bringing small town country with you of course yeah absolutely um you know that's the i'm, I'm, I'm a filter whatever i write filtered through me and my experience so that's that's how it works you know so and you have a definite idea of you know what that country should be and what you're looking for i think so i, I you know i just um i like the way i grew up um that's yeah i think i think it's a cool way to grow up not everybody gets to has the opportunity to do that some people grow up in big cities there's nothing wrong with that um it's just different different strokes for different folks you know right it, but it is true, like, you had an idea of country when you were in Texas, then you go to Nashville, and they got their own idea of country, their own way of recording. Um, how was that, you know, uh, you're, you have both ideas of what country is, like, emerging at the same time? Well, you know, I tried to, uh, tried to participate in all of it. Um, you know, the waltzes and the uh, outlaw country, that comes naturally. I do that stuff all day long and love it. Um, I did, uh, you know, you're writing with all people. For me, I got there when I was already, kind of, I was old enough to be a dad by the time I got to Nashville. So I'm writing with these young kids. And so I would, um, there has to be some give and take in songwriting. So a lot of times, you know, I'd, I'd kind of go along with them. We'd write some pop stuff. I wrote a bunch of pop songs. Um, I like them. It's, if it's just me, I just write country songs. But I write a little bit of everything. So um, pretty much whatever the universe sends me, however you want to look at it. Um, I write it down and people like it. I just keep playing it. I got a song right now called Peaches is out, just a guitar and a vocal. And it's uh, one of my favorite songs, you know. Oh, um, how cool. Yeah. When you're writing an album and you have all these songs coming, do you, do you think tempo and, you know, the placement of songs? Okay, I need a faster song. Okay, I need to slow it down. Well, I mean, it's a pretty good question. Um, I think all my stuff is mid-tempo, so high-tempo. Um, and then I like, I like the, even my live show, I like you get you up way up here, bring you up here and then bring you down for just a second, just a little slow song, maybe a sad song, uh, give you a chance to get you a drink, uh, get your breath before you start dancing again. And, um, a lot of people don't understand that they just want high energy all the time. And I'm not against that, but I think we have a little ebb and flow. They'll go with you. They'll, they'll go down for a second, relax, and then you can bring it all back up again. So 
Um, definitely high energy is the way to go if you're performing. Um, but I like a little bit of both. I like to have a slow song in there or a sad song in there. Yeah, I, I like that. That I mean, I think those are the best shows. They take you on a journey. They bring you up. They know how to bring you down. You know, if you, if you got to get a group of people that are with you, you can you can do you pretty much anything. You know, if, they, uh, if they're on the journey with you and they're liking what you're doing, you can take them anywhere you want to go. Right. And, uh, I take them all over the place. I don't even know. I always know where I'm taking them. <laughs> but uh, we're going. You guys are going for a ride. <laughs> So, um, are there any collaborations that you're particularly proud of? Well, the Beaches song uh, is a collaboration between me and uh, my, my favorite guitar player in Nashville is Cody Atkins. And me and him probably played, I don't know, 400 shows together easy. So, I know him really well. Uh, he's a great guitar player, great singer, great songwriter, all of it. Um, so, I really enjoyed that collaboration uh, with him. And, uh, well, I don't know. Listen, I used to play my, my band the last year I was in Nashville. I, I, I cut uh, 32 1099s. That means I had 32 people that played for me over the years. And uh, I had the best fiddle players around. Nobody, most people weren't going to fiddle back then and probably still aren't. I was up, if you, Nashville in my day there, if you want to see real old, you know, country music, you came to my show. Um, we could be tipped into playing pop music, but we want we wanted the fiddle in there. We want Devil went down to Georgia, stuff like that. So I've uh, played with some of the best. You know, people on the planet. My drummer used to drum for Randy Travis. You know, uh, my my fiddle player plays for Josh Turner. Um, it's just like that. The guitar player played for Joe, Joe Diffie. So when they're off the road, they were playing in my band. And um, yeah, man, what crazy talented people! It's amazing. It's yeah, amazing it is. Level out there. It is. It's, it's really high, man. Do you make in Nashville? You pretty you're pretty good if you even just get to stick around. You know. Yeah, and and then that's the thing. People go with stars in their eye. They don't make it in a week and. They don't understand that there's so much talent trying to rise to the top. Well, you know, I, I got something to say about that because by the by the time I went to Nashville, like I said, I was, you know, most of the shelf I was like 21 years old to get into Nashville, you know, so I was already twice that when I moved out there. And, um, you know, I started off I, I, the first time I tried out Tootsie's, I didn't make it. And I came back the next week and the guy, that, the guy that hired me, he told me this is years later. I've been working for a long time. He said, you know, why I gave you a job. I said, nope. He said, because I knew she'd already been there once and failed. And you came back and he said, that, that big Texan with that curly hair ain't going back to Texas. I might as well just hire him. He's going to work somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, I started off with the, the worst shows that you could have, financially speaking. Um, right. Well, I was just happy to be there, happy to be working on my craft. And then I worked up to the upper echelons of, of Nashville. But, you know, the, the, the kids that I, you, it's kind of like a um, high school class. Whatever class of kids that get there or people, uh, that year, you kind of know each other. You some come, some go, some go hired, and and so um, some of the kids uh, that, I, that I was uh, hanging out with and writing with and everything. Now they had when they came to town, they got the best gigs and they got you know the money. They were making money from the beginning. I was just in the beginning. I was mowing yards just to make my rent, you know, <laughs> to supplement. Right. So, right. Um, so when I when I when I've gone through some troubles, and you're going to do that in your career and life, which is the way it is. Um, I'm glad that I started off kind of the hard way because when people get things easy at the beginning, if it gets hard after that, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's not easy anymore. Yeah, you don't don't appreciate the journey. You really don't. And you don't appreciate your fans and you don't appreciate, you know, the behind the scenes things that are going on. You know, the the people that I feel for are those kids that came into town and they they had all the big gigs and then they lost all that stuff and they they weren't willing to go to where I'd started at to the awful gigs to start, so... Um, but mine was just a progression by, by that second year. I was already, I had my own band and I was doing band slots. And that's a big honor for Tootsie's. Uh, that's where I've worked. In the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So to be a part of that whole Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, you name it. Everybody's been to Tootsie's and lived there. And, um, so I wanted to be a part of that. And I always loved, I love playing for Tootsie's. It was good. It's fun. You know, my first album was actually produced by Marty Rifkin, who's oh, a pedal, yeah. Yeah, pedal steel guy. Um, and really brought a cool vibe um, to it, to what I was doing. And it was a great way to learn, right. you know, he walked me through like years ago, you know, and, and taught me how to work with a producer and the musicians and really hear each part that you were laying down. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a process and it's, uh, there's a little, there's a little art to working with all that. 
to be able to work with all these great musicians. Some of them are a little finicky, and some of them are a little this, that way, the other. Um, so it takes a little bit to, to, to learn how to work with all those personalities. So I, I see where you're coming from there. Definitely. Yeah. You just hope, you know, you, in Nashville, you stick around for a while and you know who you can trust and turn to. And there's a lot of nefarious people out there. <laughs> you can trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to go there. I mean, it's a process, you know. You got to realize that this whole music business is built on taking people that have talent and uh, not giving them what they're worth, in the at least in the beginning. And so you got to watch yourself, man. There are. There are people at every different turn that want to. I'm going to make you a star, and they're going to they're going to screw you around. So you just got to watch it, man. It's a it's a doggy dog world out there. Now that's the, not the people I prefer to be around, but it is part of the reality of it. So right, right. There's some really good people that honestly want to help and are true musicians, and you're one of those. You know, <laughs> I had Eric well, Summers on before, and he's another one. He'd do anything for an artist, yeah. um, but it's a business and they're the CD side of the business. Mm -hmm. Well, it is a business. And that's what I, you know, uh, I don't want to give complaints very often, but like on my, my Facebook live shows that we do tips, we do everything we do a live show. We do on my uh, Facebook show. And um, you know, in the beginning I'd have people say, well, well, why are you asking for tips? You just should be free or whatever. It's like, well, it's a business. And like, if I don't get, make money doing music, I can go do something else. Cause I got to pay my rent too. Yeah. So, I'm not going to make money doing this. How, you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to <laughs> do another job and then sing for you for free? So, um, but I've got, my, man, I've got great fans and they've uh, supported me through thick and thin. We've been up on top. We've been down at the bottom. So, you know, um, it's, it's interesting when I toured down South and I'm going back down there in a couple of weeks. Um, if down South, if you play for tips, you could actually make some money. Yeah. Not all areas are that supportive of artists. It's true. Um, I can, you know, there's some, some, some people don't get it. You know, that's, that's what the, the nice thing about Nashville is, is that most of those people get it. Um, that, uh, Hey, we're working there, you know, and, and the bars just screw the musicians. I mean, I hate it. It doesn't even matter which one, all of them screw the musicians. Cause they can, they have so many people that want to work there. When I first started there, a band gig, we got $40 per man to play that gig. Now it costs $20 park. Yeah. Right. right, right. 20 bucks, 20 bucks to do a four hour show. And so um, I'm here to tell you, if you want to learn how to how to get tips and work the crowd, that's how you do it. If, you, if you're hungry and you need to pay your rent, you're going to figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the city, we, when I was trying to play in the city, there were, you know, there's pockets of country music, Americana music. Um, but the guy at the door, I brought all the people in, the guy at the door, he only gave me $2 a person. And I'm like, that's not even covering my tolls in yeah. to the city. So. It's funny, you know. You get up, you see these these uh, the bands that come in. They they probably got fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment just to be there <laughs> to pay for that, you know, hundred bucks. You know, the musicians are uh, music. We we love what we do, and uh, we do, we do, and it's a labor of love. And we know the risk. Um, you just try to again find the the best people that you can um, to navigate all of this. But it sounds like you've done a great job. We're going to listen to another one of your songs. Let's talk about One Night to Remember. <clears throat> this is probably my favorite video that I've ever done. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Russ, that, um, he, he actually produced my first record. And uh, he was also, had, he, he had bought a real nice camera. And he was just anything electronic he was good at. And so uh, me and him did several of the videos that we did back there off that record. And um what I would generally do is I'd go to his studio and get a star, song kind of started to where I want to go. And then I'd take it to the big studio and record it, you know, because I, I, could, I could do that. And um, so anyways, uh, great song, uh, One Night to Remember. Um, we were trying we we're trying to go for like an old school vibe, being the guy that wrote it. We wanted something that was, uh, I don't know, 50s, 60s kind of sound stuff. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how that came about. And um, the, this is probably one of my most popular songs. Uh, no one not to remember. Almost everybody likes this song. And uh, yeah, it's a good song to start Friday night out with, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. We got some good stuff. Here we go. Whoa. It's a 
Friday night And all I wanna do is hold you tight Slip into that dress if it's just right Slide it on over the way that I like Hey baby, put those high heels on We're gonna dance till the break of dawn We'll be singing to our favorite songs So let your hair down and baby, hold on We're gonna dance like Fred and Ginger Move like Elvis, singing love me tender Fall asleep somewhere down by the river This is gonna be one night to remember Slide your finger in between your lips Can't stop thinking about your sweet kiss So come a little closer just like this We're gonna dance like Fred and Ginger Move like Elvis singing love me tender Fall asleep somewhere down by the river This is gonna be one night to remember Trenton Chandler, another great song. A lot of people chiming in about that one. <laughs> so there were a lot of people uh, enjoying that. Um, guys, everyone watching, if you notice, there's uh, uh, my website is scrolling along the bottom. If you <laughs> I just I just realized that myself, I must start answering some people. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so if you want to be on the show, randyoneal.com forward slash shows to apply. Love to have you on the ranch right now. We are back with. Trenton, and you were saying? I don't know what I was saying. What was I saying? <laughs> I was just saying hi to all my folks. I just realized I could do the chat thing. I was sitting there looking at all my folks. Yeah, and I'm trying to put some of the comments up here so others could see them because they're actually coming in from seven different sites. There's some people watching on YouTube. We have uh, a couple Facebook um, sites. There's actually um, two or three YouTube sites that they're um, streaming from. So I can I can see what sites everyone's on. So um, that's cool. Now, and Trenton, uh, you you had a private one. I don't know if everyone can see that. Private one. Uh, let's, see, let's see that. Nope, I can't. I can't share that one. Hmm. Oh. Okay. That person. <laughs> so. Yeah, I wonder if the comments go on. Yeah, they added more features to Yardstream. So it's like, it's it's been pretty cool, though. The videos come in and out really nice. And um, the sound it's is a lot. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of people congratulating you on that song. Is that one of the songs you won an award for? No. Well, let's, well the, the, uh, the album. Is that one award for the album? Um, so album of the year. So yeah, it was part of it. Yeah, that was, um, that, let's see, that record took, uh, 
took four years to rebuild. It, it, really, the paying for it was the, the hardest part. It was expensive, and we weren't making any money in Nashville, but every hundred dollars <laughs> back. And so we did it piecemeal. We did like a songs when we could, and then we just put it all together at the end. Um, but the other thing is, is you know, I, probably for every one of those songs, I probably wrote twenty songs that didn't make it. You know, uh, to get just the best of the best. Right. So the ones there- that were on there, the very best stuff I had at that moment. And that's the way it is with all my records. It's just I give you everything I got, and the best stuff goes on. And, and sometimes, man, I have to make tough decisions. We uh, on this this record that we have out now, we had uh, I always wanted to write a song called "I Came and Drank." I don't remember since I moved down here. Um, it's modeled one of the bars down here, and I had a really good song on that record. It got kicked off because I wrote that song like two days before we went to the studio. So. <laughs> Now, who helps you with that process? Is it the people in your band, your producer? Um, do you belong to songwriting associations? How does that work? Um, you know, I used to go to uh, BMI, which is who I'm affiliated with. Uh, I used to go to some of their songwriting classes. I've gone to some song pitches and stuff like that. I just pretty much do much most of the stuff myself. Um, I, I hired the best people that I, I'm aware of that I can afford it anyways. And, um, and then I let them kind of do their thing. And uh, it's been, the recording process has been wonderful. I do, I do my recording at Baird Music Group, and I worked with the, the older man that was there, and he retired, and his kids are not taking over. And um, so I know all those guys. And um, what I always try to do with with my guy, when I get my group musicians in there, one thing I love about Baird is y'all play together. We're in different rooms. It's mic'd up differently. But it's not uh-huh. like they're doing the drums, and then you do the bass after this. We're all playing together at the same time. Right. And that's so, very uh, Nashville. That's very Nashville. A lot of studios don't do that so much anymore. It's like they bring in a keyboard player. He does five songs. They bring in a guitar player. They do five songs. Well, and I know click tracks are necessary for, for a lot of folks. I, my favorite songs I've done don't have click tracks on them. They, they might, they're pretty close, but they might vary just a little bit. I, th- I like music when it like, starts slow and speeds up a little bit towards the end. I kind of like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just uh, Every time I get somebody that's a super player at something, I say, listen, this is what I'm hearing. For this part, but I've got you here for a reason because I love what you do. Show me what you got. If you got a different idea, let's hear it. Um, the worst thing I do is say no, and we do it the way I thought about it. You know, um, I've gotten some of the best performances out of people that way, and that's not necessarily the norm in uh, in Nashville. I think a lot of people like, get pretty opinionated, but it's got to be this way. It's got to be, you know, I like to have a group of people and like there be an energy of it, you know, and we're all working mm-hmm. together. Um, but yeah. I'm sure that was a process. Letting someone else take take some, some pride in your music and take control of some of your music and say, okay, what if we tried this? And well, it's really not really not that. I mean, by the time we get there, I've got charts, so we're not changing like the chorus or we're not doing any of that stuff. Uh, we're just talking about their individual performance about okay. um, what the guitar solo is going to be like, what's the fiddle solo going to be like. So it's more stuff like that. By the time we got there, we've got a structure, we've got a song, we got a natural number okay. system, we have a chart and everything. So. That's what makes us able to just play these songs like they always know me, those charts. So Yeah, it's too expensive to do it any other way to start here. I think I have an idea, yeah. you know, at how many bucks an hour, you know, like, yeah. Well, you, you know, back back in the, in the day, that's what they did. Waylon, them, they'd stay in studio for a month, you know. I would <laughs> love that. If I, had to, if I had to cash do that, I'd do the same thing. Um, I love performing, but right next to performing is recording. It is a fun process. It was very frightening in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. Because you're dealing, of course, when you first get down there, I'm not quite as seasoned I was. I wasn't as confident about my voice, my playing, all that sort of things, writing. Uh, so you're in the, here with these world class people, and you're like, I don't know if I belong here. Now. <laughs> you know? But you're working on my project, so I guess I do belong here. Right, right. I guess I have to trust you. You're in this room, and here we are. So. Oh, you know, I find musicians to be pretty confident like that, particularly the ones that are really good. The ones that are really good don't have anything to prove. They're, they're there yeah. to do a job and do it well. And um, yeah, and they, but they want your respect, and they don't like attitudes. They don't like egos. You know, they're all there to do a job and help you. You know, exactly. And we we all help each other. They get paid really well for hours worth of work. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I wouldn't have any other way. I I started this last record. I, I thought of, I have a studio here at my house, and um, which I I'm not really good at all that studio stuff. I'm, I'm better at singing, writing, and playing. But I thought, you know, I'll um, I'll record this stuff. That's what I'm going to do. I bought this equipment. I thought, man, I'll record it right here. And uh, that didn't last very long. There's no way I could get this out anyway through those dashboard recordings. 
So you know, I, I during COVID, I tried to do that because I wanted to put an album out. You know, and I started you know playing around my little home studio, and I'd send stuff to my producer, and he'd go, "Yeah, no." <laughs> well, what's been good for me is to get the demo though, and the demo was pretty close to the finished product. But you take the demo of what we want, want to be, and then you put the world class musicians on top of it, and boom, now we go. You know, so. right. Yeah, I love songwriting. Things. I love everything about it. I'm always fascinated with songs. I love chord structure, I love melody, just just all that stuff. So, I'm, I'm I try to follow kind of the rules on it, and then there's it's fun to break the rules every now and then. There's something yeah. different. So, I love that too. I love that too. Knowing when to knowing the rules and knowing when to break the rules is a lot of fun. How about you and video? I mean, videos are huge right now on YouTube. Well, again, uh, if I have to choose between video and the music, I'm choosing recording music. Uh, the videos we've done, um, it wasn't my idea always to be a videos. I never even thought about stuff like that. They're there because that's what people watch. People watch right. more than they listen these days. Um, most people I know spend more time on YouTube than they do on the radios anywhere. So um, I had, had those out there. And it's not that it's, it's not an afterthought by me, but. If I got a bunch of money to spend, I want some more songs, you know. <laughs> but we've done some pretty cool videos, and uh, I'm going to continue doing them. Um, they're a lot of fun. The shoots are fun. So um, I just try to show up and be my crazy self, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing because I love shooting video. I don't know why. It's like it's my inner sandbox, and I bring people in to play in my sandbox. And I was amazed how easy it is to get people to join you and do silly things in front of a camera. Hey, everybody wants to be a star. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your big friends. Come on, come over here. Join me. Just jump around. My one and I had kids just running in and out of trees. It was called Don't Tell Mama, and they're running around, like, trying to get away from their mother because they did something they weren't supposed to. I should have written that song, <laughs> Don't Tell Mama. <laughs> everybody. And last week, there were things I did that I don't want Mama to know, you know? And don't Tell Mama. <laughs> Ooh, it's fun. I might, have to, I might have to do my version of that song. I like it. Yeah, go for it. Good stuff. You know, fun songs are, you know, people love just good old fashioned fun songs. You know, they don't have to be deep. They don't have to be heavy. They're just fun. Well, it's fun. It's fun when it can be a lighthearted song that does have a little depth to it if you really listen to it. That's the type of thing that I like. I like uh, I like having, you have to break down the layers to really kind of get the song. Maybe, maybe things about something, maybe it's really not about that. Maybe it's about something else. I always loved triggering stuff like that, you know. Um, the, uh, something, some, or was it uh, something in the orange? I think is the song right by Zach Bryan right now. It's really popular, and I really, I don't, I didn't care for it when I first started doing it. And my people out there just kept going, "You got to sing the song. Got to sing the song." I started singing it. I love that song. Mm -hmm. And the reason I didn't love it at first is I didn't realize it was the six eight time. And Waylon and those guys did a lot of six eight time stuff. So that. If you're trying to do it in four, four, six, eight, that's why it was such a hard song to play. You can't figure it out. You can't, you can't ever reconcile four instead of three. So, um, but when I figured that out, I started really paying attention to it. It's a really well crafted song. Um, I love stuff like that. And when I, when I get this, I have like an appetite for it. It's like um, I can listen to the same song over and over and over and over, just trying to get the essence of it. You know? You know, and there's a skill to that, too, because if I tell people I'm writing a song about domestic violence, no one's going to listen. But if I tell them I'm writing a murder ballad, like, okay, well, listen to that, you know. like. Well, I want to hear some of that. I'm a big fan of the murder ballad. I, got to, I haven't written one yet, but I'm going to. I finally pulled it off with this album. It's not out yet. But it's called Olivia, and she's a waitress, and her boyfriend stalks her and gets her in the parking lot. But, That's the um, thing about being a songwriter. You can actually kill people if you want to in your song, at least. <laughs> I know, and my niece uh, volunteered for that video too, and I was like, "Great, you're going to be the body." So, that's fun stuff. Fun stuff. Well, uh, when you're sitting here, I got to introduce everybody to my favorite. This is my favorite item on the whole planet here. This is Carla. This is my prized Gibson J200 guitar. Now is I that your security blanket? Your four, four or five years old. I wanted this guitar because I saw Elvis playing one, so I thought that had to be what it is. I didn't know it was the most, I didn't know anything about it. I know it was Gibson, most expensive guitar you buy, pretty much, or one of them. But I'm here to tell you, I got, um, this was my dream, is always had this guitar. And it's, um, I love Carla. We were at we, we shows together. Well, I, I can't see the inlays. I want to see the inlays, Trenton. What's that? What are the inlays? I can't see them. 
Yeah. Oh, they're gorgeous. Look at that. Yeah. Pretty. She's sweet. Classic, classic Gibson type stuff when they really do it right. And this is what I like this right here. It's like a mustache right here. That's just that's just detail work. And that's yeah. the way Gibson does things with the high-end stuff, you know. I love this guitar. It's know? sweet. Love this guitar more than do most people. <laughs> Well, you have to guitar. Why don't we listen to an, one um, your last video here? Let me bring it up. Um, Sweet Southern titles cut off. Sweet Southern Night, yeah. Um, Sweet Southern Night, okay. Um, that is probably that was one of my most popular songs in Nashville. My little, of course, you get the Nashville. Most of them were playing for tourists there. That's where we make our money, tourists. But um, you have these, these, you know groups of people that are in Nashville, they do, they do other things, they make good money and they do love music and want to be a part of it and want to know the artists and stuff like that. So my friends that were like that, this was their favorite song off that record. And the funny thing is, is that uh, most people thought it was, uh, what did they say? They, they call it a sweet summer night instead of southern ah. night. Okay. So I guess it could be either southern is what we said and that was the intention, but sweet summer night, I don't know. I guess it kind of sounds like that. But uh, yeah, I, I love this song. I think the Man, the guitar work on this one's really cool, man. Check it All out. right, listen, let's listen to Check some guitar work, and it's that guitar we're listening to, right? That's right. All right, let's give it a listen. Summer breeze across my face Sitting on the dock down by the lake Listen to the night owl singing his song With the crickets and the bullfrogs humming along Yeah, soft cherry lips taste like wine Rubbing up and down all over mine your skin tight shorts and long tan legs Got me all wound up like a ball of thread And nothing but the stars in the sky Watching over us Nothing but the heat of the night Falling all over us Couldn't paint a picture any better Than you and me, girl, sitting here together With the moon in the sky and the glow in your eyes It's a sweet southern night it's a sweet southern night Walk for a while along the shoreline Feeling your hands slipping in mine Watching your smile light up the night Like a fireworks show on the 4th of July And nothing but the stars in the sky Watching over us Nothing but the heat of the night Falling all over us Couldn't paint a picture any better And you and me, girl, sitting here together With the moon in the sky and a glow in your eyes It's a, a sweet southern night A sweet southern night I couldn't paint a picture any better Sitting here together with the moon in the sky and a glow in your eyes. It's a sweet southern night. Nothing but the stars in the sky watching over us. Nothing but the heat of the night falling all over us. Couldn't paint a picture any better than you and me, girl, sitting here together with the moon in the sky and a glow in your eyes. It's a sweet southern night. It's a sweet southern night. It's a sweet southern night. It's a sweet southern
And we're back. That was some sweet guitar. I hear the acoustic. Now the electric is that was that a Stratocaster? I believe it was. Yeah, that's not me playing the electric. I played the acoustic, but uh, yeah, what a talented guy, man! It was so much fun. All, all the stuff he did on that guitar was amazing. And uh, you know, that's what you're going for it, with, the, with the song. If you're trying to have like a song that's popular, you know, something that's hooky, that's fresh, that's like your ear goes, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. So that's that's what we were going for. Uh, I think we got pretty close. We didn't hit it. Pretty good. Yeah, it built really nicely in the way, you know, you built into that lead guitar and then you started adding in more and more. A really nice build. Um, and you started acoustic and then, and then you added more and more of that Stratocaster in the end. Uh, really sweet. Really sweet. So, um, I don't know. Bobby's saying something about Raymond Bound. What does that mean? About what? Oh, the Raymond Bound. Okay, so... My uh, my big goal my whole life is just to play the rhyming. That's pretty simple. It's one of the big ones. That's where we're going to check it off the list. Uh, Ten Steps from Tootsie's, I think. Are you gonna, is that the next song you're going to play? I don't, know which, I don't know what song you're playing. But anyways, that's yeah. a song that uh, was written about me playing the rhyming. That's what I want to do. So the day I play the rhyming, all my people there, I'm going to sing the song that I wrote about playing the rhyming. Um, that song, I used to play at Tootsie's, so you could, you could sit you're literally 10 feet away from the rhyming. You're on the other side of it, though, on the, the bar side of it. And I just thought, I always thought that was so interesting because you're like, the place you want to go is so, this is like 10 feet there, but it's a long ways to get there, you know? So uh, that's kind of what that song's about. It uh, talks about all the guys that were uh, running the show when I was there. Uncle John was a real guy. In order to work there, we started working. He had to call him at 5.30 in the morning to see if he had a job that day. And, um, oh, and you know, so yeah, we're getting, so we're, we're doing all the things we're doing. <laughs> then we're getting at 5.30, so we can work. Um, uh, my favorite, uh, Greg uh, Greg Humphreys is one of my faves. He's in there. He he died a few years ago, but um, Greg was bass player and he um, a wonderful bass player. And uh, he's the guy that brought me along, kind of got me going, gave me a few pointers, that sort of thing. But uh, Greg loved smoking marijuana. It, he had the best marijuana. And that was back before it was all legal. I mean, I don't guess it's still legal in Tennessee. But uh, if you were a young young person and you're wanting to get on with the gig. You hung out with him, so we'd every we'd know it when he's going to be there. So walk with him, smoke a joint with him in the alley, <laughs> and uh, talk about music. It's the best conversation I've ever had in my whole life. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I miss Greg, but he's he's in the song. Just uh, anybody that's ever played Tootsie's, even played the downtown circuit, they hear this song and they, it means something. To them. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm ha heading back that way. So. On November fourteenth, I think. So, but where are you, where can we find you? Well, um, I'm here in Key West, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was in Nashville for all those years, and uh, I was not planning on moving. I had no plans to move anywhere. I thought I was pretty happy. I came down here on vacation, and I uh, stayed for a couple of weeks. And I then stayed for three weeks, and I stayed for four weeks, and then I had been six months. I was here, um, and it just the island vibe just works with me. And just what I'm, I'm just kind of I understand it. You know, I get it. And um, the music scene's different here, but it's a great music scene here. Um, yeah, so I uh, just, I love it. I love the warm weather. I've got, I, I bought a boat, so we go out on the boat. And um, yeah, it's just a fun place to live. Only thing we ever worry about down here is just hurricane. Hurricane comes, you gotta go. You know, at least I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Right, right. Now the music scene's different, but is there country music in Florida? Mm, not the same way. Yeah, not the same way. Um, I'm one of the uh, one of maybe three guys that does country music down here. Most people do pop and stuff like that. So um, not against any of that. I do some of that stuff myself. But uh, yeah, but the thing that I don't, I don't get that people don't realize is that uh, the people that actually got money to spend, people 40, 30, 40, 50, 60s, um, they love country music. <laughs> They're not going to be listening to hip hop. They're going to be doing country, you know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always been able to find a place where I've gone to, to play and um, I love playing. I uh, played at Rick's right now. Love playing over there. Uh, Margaritaville's been wonderful to me. And um, yeah, so we, we got some good stuff going on. I stay here. Now you can you can hire me to go do your, do your shows, but uh, you have to pay me well to get off my island. <laughs> 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 it's really easy for me to just stay here, just go down barefooted tomorrow and play another show. <laughs> All right. Get a little comfortable there, especially when you you learn really how to reach people digitally. You know, you have your YouTube and your shows and things like that, and you can stay connected. You know, you know, I always want to start a Facebook show, and uh, 
Um, I never had, you know, we were so busy in Nashville. It was just hard to want to do anything else. By the time we got home, you didn't want to do music anymore. It wasn't enough that day. I always wanted to do the show. And, uh, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a heartache, heart, heartbreak. And I'd always wanted to do the show. And I knew I need to occupy that time. So I started this show. And I uh, started doing my music. And um, we've been here ever since. Thousands of shows. And that's the other crazy thing is we've, we're all, we're all been on a campaign right now about Facebook. My my Facebook account got hacked. Okay, mm. four thousand people. It took me ten years to build. Ten years, not just me. I mean, a bunch of people. And this, this is the choir. I just lost my account four months ago for the second time. Our last month, we had two thousand new followers, and we had one point eight million interactions on the on the page. And it was just amazing to me, and how they can allow somebody to come take that from us. I don't understand. And I, they don't have any way of, um, I, listen, I'm not done with it. I want to keep going with it, but there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, you call and you call and they don't call you back. And yeah. No reason, no rhyme. Look, I got hacked. Can I have my account back? They're, they don't answer to anybody. And that's yeah, the most that. disheartening thing. Like, hey, I run ads, I use Facebook. Like, why, why can you just ignore me? And I'll tell you what, if we, I, I, I was very comfortable with Facebook because that's what I kind of grew up on. That's kind of my age group, I guess. But um, if we got to go to one of these other ones, we're going to do it. We're not, uh, we're not going to sit around waiting for them. Um, I just can't believe that, you know, they make, they make great money off my my content. And I understand why they wouldn't have, be, have vested interest. So anyways, anybody out there that wants to get on this, we, I'd, like, I'd like to get some noise about this Facebook thing. It's not that I don't like Facebook. I don't like the customer service. And um there is no customer service. And you know what? We should get organized. We indie artists should get organized because the bigger artists are protected. They got their, I lost my blue check mark, which I was really upset about. You know, as a verified artist, nobody cares. I am no longer. Listen, it, it cost me a bunch of, I was making some pretty good income on all that stuff. And that all went away like that. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, I didn't do I anything didn't wrong. Anybody. So anyways, I, we, we need to get on this. We need to make this a national thing. Maybe we can get some, they're going to listen to us if we, Talk about that. Yeah, I have an entertainment attorney I work with too. Maybe we should organize a few people. This is for real, like, and um, see what we could do to mobilize. I'm tell you, it, needs to, it needs to be done, and I'm uh, I'm willing to go on that journey. I travel for that. I travel for that too. I, I travel for know, that. You know, and it's not that I want want uh, you know Facebook go away. I want them to that customer service. You know, uh, come on. I want some accountability. I want some accountability for what I built up on your page using yeah. your resources and and money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Got my little soapbox out there. I didn't intend to go there, but yeah, we, we need to go there every interview and do something to do on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know I what? Facebook, I really believe indie artists are at their best when they're helping each other, when they're organizing and getting organized. You have to have a common goal. Otherwise, we're tearing each other up. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I don't want to compete with you guys. There's too much talent. I want to work with you guys. I want to hear what you guys are doing, you know? No, it's, I'll tell you what. It, it, it wasn't that big of a deal to me to live here recently. But um, I'm here to tell you, they hit us hard. And there has not been a damn thing we can do about it. And so yeah. you just want recourse. You want just to, for a possibility of justice, you know, is really all I want. Um, well, we're, we only have one more minute. But oh, sorry. <laughs> now, well, this is interesting because if you go to my Facebook page, uh, four weeks in a row, they stopped this uh, live feed and said it was a copyright issue when I had the artists and their songs on it. So I have to always appeal. I win. It, listen. <laughs> Are you saying I'm on the bad list already? <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I'm on a terrorist watch list for Facebook. I'm sorry. But we're both going there together. <laughs> Hey, Dolores, hey, Bob, thank you guys for showing up for me. I got yeah. all my, my fans. We've here. had a, a really great crowd, Bobby, Dolores, Rocky, Tiana. Um, Billy's been with us. Brandy, Angela. We've had quite a crew over seven different platforms tonight. So really, Nancy's been here. Julia. Did I say Dolores? I don't know. But Dolores was here, too, from the start. Megan. So really, thank you for hanging out with us. We're here every well, Monday night. Before you go, I just want to thank you for what you're doing for Interpreter Audience. I appreciate you very much. We love you. Oh, I appreciate you too. And if you want, and if you know anyone who want, you think would be good for the show, randyneal.com forward slash shows. And there's my form. And we can see what we can do about getting them on. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching Trenton. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs>